Good morning. Welcome to With God at Dawn. This is part three of the New Earth. We're going to read some verses today and a few little readings. I'm not going to wear you out with this, but I hope that you're gaining much um, interest in the f studies that are coming. First of all, let's begin with a little prayer. Dear Jesus, I pray for thy Holy Spirit to open up our understanding to help us to have a really good, solid foundation before we get to the more difficult studies. Thank you, Jesus. In your name, amen. We're going to begin by reading John chapter 14, verse 30. Hereafter I will not talk much with you, for the prince of this world cometh and hath nothing in me. That's Jesus speaking, and he makes it clear that Satan is the prince of this world. And now Genesis Chapter 13. Genesis chapter 13. Okay. 14 through 17. And the Lord said unto Abram, after that lot was separated from him, Lift up now thine eyes, and look, from the place thou art northward, and southward, and eastward, and westward, for all the land which thou seest, to thee will I give it, and to thy seed forever. And I will make thy seed as the dust of the earth, so that if a man can number the dust of the earth, then shall thy seed also be numbered. Arise, walk through the land in the length of it and in the breadth of it, for I will give it unto thee. That was a promise to Abraham. Now going to Romans chapter 4, verse 13. For the promise that he should be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. Abraham was the heir of the world. I will read to you from Patriarchs and Prophets, page 133. <laughs> Let's see. Although Lot owed his prosperity to his connection with Abraham, he manifested no gratitude to his benefactor. Courtesy would have dictated that he yield the choice to Abraham, but instead of this, he selfishly endeavored to grasp all its advantages. He lifted up his eyes and beheld all the plain of Jordan. It was well watered everywhere, even as the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt, as thou comest unto Zoar. The most fertile region in all Palestine was the Jordan Valley, reminding the beholders of the lost paradise and equaling the beauty and productiveness of the Nile-enriched plains they had so lately left. There were cities also, wealthy and beautiful, inviting to profitable traffic in their crowded marts. Dazzled with visions of worldly gain, Lot overlooked the moral and spiritual evils that would be encountered there. The inhabitants of the plain were sinners before the Lord exceedingly, 
but of this he was ignorant, or, knowing, gave it but little weight. He chose him all the plain of Jordan, and pitched his tent toward Sodom. How little did he foresee the terrible results of that selfish choice. After the separation from Lot, Abraham again received from the Lord a promise of the whole country. Soon after this, he removed to Hebron, pitching his tent under the oaks of Mamre, and erecting beside it an altar to the Lord in the free air of those upland plains with their olive groves and vineyards, their fields of waving grain, and the wide pasture grounds of the encircling hills, he dwelt well content with his simple patriarchal life, and leaving to Lot the perilous luxury of the vale of Sodom. So Abraham was an heir of the world. And now let's go to, I'll turn it in my Bible to Acts 7, 2-5. Acts 7. Verses 2 through 5. And he said, Men and brethren and fathers, hearken. The God of glory appeared unto our father Abraham when he was in Mesopotamia, before he dwelt in Haran, and said unto him, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred, and come into the land which I shall show thee, then came he out of the land of the Chaldeans, and dwelt in Haran, and from thence, when his father was dead, he removed moved him into this land wherein you now dwell. And he gave him none inheritance in it, no, not so much to set his foot on, yet he promised that he would give it to his seed after him, when as yet he had no child. And God spake on this wise, that his seed should sojourn in a strange land, that they would bring them into bondage, and entreat them evil four hundred years, and the nation to whom they shall be in bondage will I judge, said God, and after that shall they come forth and serve me in this place. He never possessed it in his life, on this earth, in this life. Now I'm going to turn to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. Let's see. Was an exercise. Oh, goodness. All right, Hebrews chapter 11, 8 through 13. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed, and he went out, not knowing whither he went. By faith he sojourned in the land of promise, as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Through faith also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed, and was delivered of a child when she was past age, because she judged him faithful, who had promised. Therefore sprang there even of one and him as good as dead, so many as the stars of the sky in multitude, and as the sand which is by the seashore, innumerable. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, and were persuaded of them, and embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. And as are we, they fully expected to receive it, um, Ezekiel 37, 
use the 37. All right. Uh, verses 12 to 14. Therefore prophesy and say unto them, Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, O my people, I will open your graves and cause you to come up out of your graves and bring you into the land of Israel, and you shall know that I am the Lord when I have opened your graves, O my people, and brought you up out of your graves and shall put my spirit in you, and you shall live, and I shall place you in your own land. Then shall ye know that I, the Lord, have spoken it and performed it, saith the Lord. Mm. That's a promise. This was given. This is given after the resurrection, um, I believe. That's what's going to happen. It won't happen before the Lord comes and resurrects those who are dead because he's going to take us out of our grave and he's going to give us our own land. Now, if we will turn into, I will turn to the Great Controversy, page 674. Great Controversy, page 674. One reminder alone remains. Our Redeemer will ever bear the marks of his crucifixion. Upon his wounded head, upon his side, his hands and feet, are the only traces of the cruel work that sin has wrought. Says the prophet, beholding Christ in his glory, he had bright beams coming out of his side, and there was the hiding of his power. That pierced side whence flowed the crimson stream, from sunstream that reconciled man to God. There is the Savior's glory, there the hiding of his power, mighty to save through the sacrifice of redemption. He was therefore strong to execute justice upon them that despised God's mercy, and the tokens of his humiliation are his highest honor. Through the eternal ages, the wounds of Calvary will show forth his praise and declare his power. O tower of the flock, the stronghold of the daughter of Zion, unto thee shall it come, even the first dominion. The time has come to which holy men have looked with longing, since the flaming sword barred the first pair from Eden. The time for the redemption of the purchased possession, the earth originally given to man as his kingdom, betrayed by him into the hands of Satan, and so long held by the mighty foe, has been brought back by the great plan of redemption. All that was lost by sin has been restored. Thus saith the Lord that formed the earth and made it. He hath established it. He created it not in vain. He formed it to be inhabited. God's original purpose in the creation of the earth is fulfilled. As it is made, the eternal abode of the redeemed, the righteous shall inherit the land and dwell therein forever. Just as Ezekiel prophesied. That's still ahead of us, but we believe it. Going to Galatians chapter 3, verse 7. Okay, Galatians chapter 3, verse 7. Know ye therefore that they which are of faith, the same are the children of Abraham.
were Abraham's children, spiritual Israel. That's what it just said. I'll read it again. Know ye therefore that they which are of faith, the same are the children of Abraham. Second Peter 3, 7-13. But the heavens and the earth, which are now by the same word, are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. But, beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day with the Lord is a thousand years and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to us, word, not willing that any should perish that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements of the earth also, and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in all holy conversation and godliness, looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless we, according to his promise, look for a new heavens and a new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that ye look for such things, be diligent that ye may be found of him in peace, without spot and blameless. Isaiah 65. The earth is going to be purified. That's what that was saying. Now go with me to Isaiah 65. Oh, yay. I went right to it. Verse 17. Mm. All right. For behold, I create a new heaven and a new earth, and the former shall not be remembered, nor come into mind. Oh, lovely to not have to remember it. The new earth is promised. And in Revelation 21, 1. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. Hallelujah. A new earth. Isaiah 51, 3. Isaiah 51.3 For the Lord shall comfort Zion. He will comfort all her waste places. And he will make her wilderness like Eden and her desert like the garden of the Lord. Joy and gladness shall be found therein, thanksgiving and the voice of melody. The earth will be new and made like Eden. Isaiah 35.1-10 The wilderness and the solitary place shall be glad for them. The desert shall rejoice and blossom as the rose. It shall blossom abundantly and rejoice, even with joy and singing. The glory of Lebanon shall be given unto it, the excellency of Carmel and Sharon. They shall see the glory of the Lord and the excellency of our God. Strengthen ye the weak hands, confirm the feeble knees. 
Say to them that are of a fearful heart, Be strong, fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, even God with a recompense. He will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Then shall the lame man leap as in heart, and the tongue of the dumb sing. For in the wilderness shall waters break out, and streams in the desert, and the parched ground shall become a pool, and the thirsty land springs of water, in the habitation of dragons, where each lay shall be grass with reeds and rushes. And an highway shall be there, and a way, and it shall be called the way of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it, but it shall be for those the wayfaring men, though fools shall not err therein. No lion shall be there, nor any ravenous beast shall go up thereon. It shall not be found there, but the redeemed shall walk there. And the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with songs and everlasting joy upon their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness, and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. We might be able to get through this. Let's go to Great Controversy, page 676. Pain cannot exist in the atmosphere of heaven. There will be no more tears, no funeral trains, no badges of mourning. There shall be no more death, neither sorrow, nor crying, for the former things are passed away. The inhabitant shall not say, I am sick. The people that dwell therein shall be forgiven their iniquity. There is the new Jerusalem, the metropolis of the glorified new earth, a crown of glory in the hand of the Lord, and a royal diadem in the hand of thy God. Her light was like unto a stone most precious, even like a jasper stone, clear as crystal. The nations of them which are saved shall walk in the light of it, and the kings of the earth do bring their glory and honor into it. Saith the Lord, I will rejoice in Jerusalem and joy in my people. The tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. In the city of God there shall be no night, None will need or desire repose. There will be no weariness in doing the will of God and offering praise to his name. We shall ever feel the freshness of the morning and shall ever be far from its close. And they need no candle, neither light of the sun, for the Lord God giveth them light. The light of the sun will be superseded by a radiance, which is not painfully dazzling, yet which immeasurably surpasses the brightness of our noontide. The glory of God in the Lamb floods the holy city with unfading light. The redeemed walk in the sunless glory of perpetual day. That is wonderful. Isaiah 30, verse 26. Verse 26. Moreover, the light of the moon shall be as the light of the sun, and the light of the sun shall be sevenfold, as the light is seven days in the day that the Lord bindeth up the breach of his people and healeth the stroke of their wound. Oh, Isaiah got to see that light. Okay. The sun, seven times brighter than now. Revelation twenty-one, twenty-four. We are coming to the end of our study. Revelation twenty-one, twenty-four. 
and the nations of them which are saved shall walk in the light of it, and the kings of the earth do bring their glory and honor into it. They gather in the city from all over the world. Revelation 22, 1 and 2. And he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. In the midst of the street of it and on either side of the river was there the tree of life, which bare twelve manner of fruit, and yielded her fruit every month, and the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nation. The tree of life with twelve manner of fruits. We will read about that in Early Writings, page 289. I then saw Jesus leading his people to the tree of life. Again, we heard his lovely voice, richer than any music that ever fell on mortal ears, saying, The leaves of this tree are for the healing of the nations. Ee, all of it. Upon the tree of life was the most beautiful fruit of which the saints should partake freely. In the city was a most glorious throne from which proceeded a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal. On each side of this river was the tree of life, and on the banks of the river were other beautiful trees bearing fruit, which was good for food. Language is altogether too feeble to attempt the description of heaven. As the scene rises before me, I am lost in amazement. Carried away with a surpassing splendor and excellent glory, I lay down the pen and exclaim, Oh, what love! What wondrous love! The most exalted language fails to describe the glory of heaven or the matchless depths of the Savior's love. Isaiah sixty six twenty two and twenty three Isaiah sixty six twenty two and twenty three For as the new heavens and the new earth which I will make shall remain before me saith the Lord, so shall your seed and your name remain, and it shall come to pass that from one new moon to another, and from one Sabbath to another, shall all flesh come to worship before me, saith the Lord. They will gather monthly and partake of the fruit of the tree of life. And the new moons, there will be a new fruit every month. Revelation 21 Verse 8. But the fearful and the unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. And the last verse, Revelation 22. 14. Blessed are they that do his commandments, that they may have right to the tree of life, and may enter in through the gates into the city. The end. All right. Tomorrow we will begin the study on how the new earth is taught in the sanctuary service. And that might take us a while to get through. But I think it's going to be very revealing.
So we're going to begin to get deeper and deeper. Thank you for joining me. Heavenly Father, I pray you bless those who have joined me here this morning with a sense of anticipation for what we're going to learn. Help open up their our heart and their mind. Let them sink this knowledge sink deep into their ears that they would trust in you and believe your word and follow wherever you lead them. In your name I pray. Amen. I thank you for joining me. I'll see you in the morning.